Don't say it. Don't you say it. I left. Come on! What unit you with? 58th Pararescue. But now I'm working down at the VA. Sam Wilson. Steve Rogers. I kind of put that together. Must have freaked you out coming home after the whole defrosting thing. Takes some getting used to. It's good to meet you, Sam. It's your bed, right? What's that? Your bed is too soft. When I was over there, I sleep on the ground, use rock for pillows like a caveman. Now I'm home, lying in my bed, and it's like... Lying on a marshmallow. I feel like I'm going to sink right to the floor. How long? Two tours. You must miss the good old days, huh? Well, things aren't so bad. Food's a lot better. We used to boil everything. No polio's good. Internet, so healthy. Been reading that a lot, trying to catch up. Marvin Gaye, 1972, Trouble Man soundtrack. Everything you missed, jammed into one album. I'll put it on the list. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. We're back, we're back. And we're back to the MCU. Because this week, we're talking about Captain America the Winter Soldier. It's quite the uptick from our last MCU film. Yeah. I think everyone agrees about Thor 2. Iron Man 3, you've got some you've got some big Iron Man 3 fans out there. But here is where Phase 2 really starts to... Uh, well, actually, I was going to say, it's all uphill from here. Not quite. But uh, Phase 2 is kind of short, isn't it? You're talking to me like I know when Phase 2 begins <laughs> and ends. Phase 2 starts with Iron Man 3, ends with Ant-Man. So... What a time. Yeah, it's I guess it's kind of a what mixed a bag. Weird finish. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't finish it with Avengers 2, but Marvel's gonna marvel. I'm marveling at the fact that this movie and Thor 2 came out one year apart. Not even. Like they feel like they're from different decades. That says a lot about Thor. I think more than it says anything about this. This movie feels very modern, very much what the new norm is. And I guess that's because this is also the first Russo film. And they kind of set the precedent. They do make their the mark. For the rest of the series. For sure. And then obviously doing Infinity War and Endgame. Like that. Yeah. I mean, they like cemented their legacy. But I think even... Without, like, this movie as a reference point, Thor felt dated. You can compare it against, like, the first Iron Man, and it's just, like, the take on it and, like, the kind of story that they were telling, the characters, and that corner of the universe. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a... No, it felt very dated, but I do think that this movie feels modern. It definitely does. But just in comparison, it's even more abrupt. Yeah, and we just talked about how there's kind of, like, this post... Batman Begins, or even post-Dark Knight era of superhero movies. And I guess just to to bring it back to that, Thor feels like it was before that era. Winter Soldier feels very much a product of that era. I mean, I wouldn't say it feels dated in that way. Like, it doesn't feel like Fantastic Four or even, like, Green Lantern 
It feels more like an X-Men dated movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, no, it's not it's not like the corniness of it. It's it's something else. But either way, Winter Soldier is like this was a big deal for the MCU, I think. For and Bucky. For Bucky. For the our hearts. Also like the character well, <laughs> yeah, I know you I was like I can't just not acknowledge that, yes. The Buckster. This is a the, the fandoms around the world rejoiced, you know. When we see Sebastian Stan again. We love him. We do. We do Stan Stan. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're Stans for Stan. Hashtag Stan for Stan. Make it happen, y'all. This probably, this must have been a thing. We're about uh, eight years late to the party, but this was so important for the character of Captain America. Like, I, I tend to forget, like, if we had continued down the road that Avengers had started paving for Steve Rogers as a character, it wouldn't have been good. What do you mean? Well, so, of course, we, lo- we love the first Cap movie. No, but what do you mean by an Avengers? You know, one, the costume. And most of his dialogue was all about, like, him being, like, From the old 50s. And making jokes about him being old. And a goody two-shoes. Yeah. And... A goodie tushy. <laughs> get it? Because it's America's ass. Oh, my word. We all got it. We all got it. Except for Griff. I'm sorry, everybody. I've disappointed you. It's just like, yeah, all the, all that stuff was very much like, it felt kind of caricature-ish. And I think that's just kind of the way that Joss Whedon writes characters, because he kind of reverts back to that slightly in Avengers 2. But... I think this movie is very important for resetting kind of who he was in the modern day, proving that he is a very strong and capable leader, fighter. Like he's not just the costume. Yeah. Or like like a, like not even a symbol, but like. But yeah, like he's not just like the icon. Right. He has like this moral compass that brings him into conflict with Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. Which connects with the first Captain America, I would say. Like that's a consistent theme. Totally. And then like they double down on it or triple down on it in Civil War. And yeah, I think this movie is just like, it's very important. It's kind of a turning point. But to me, and I don't think this necessarily goes against what you're saying, but to me, this feels like this should have been the movie immediately after Avengers. Like, this feels like an, uh, a sequel to Avengers in a lot of ways. Yeah, I see that. Like, nothing... Well, I, we've been kind of making this critique. The other two movies, Iron Man 3 and Thor 2, have no teeth. They have no... Um, like connection, like stakes that last. Yeah. Well, and I honestly, I think that's on purpose because I think after Avengers, they were like, let's pull back and focus on these characters a bit. Yeah, but the fact that like nothing from their movies matter for anything moving forward, I think is a flaw. Yeah. Like there should have been something from what is that organization in? AIM? Yeah, there should have been something about AIM, like, mentioned in the future. I don't know what they could have done with Thor 2, but maybe even a mention of something happening in London. I don't know. Yeah. It could have have been worked in with the Sokovia Accords. 
For, yeah, it should have been. I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know if they, they made these stories kind of separate and then they were like, hold on a second. Like, maybe we should be tying these things in more. Like, what are we going to do with these plot threads in the future? And they just decided to, like, kind of cut those ties. And then, I don't know. Like, they feel like they're on an island with the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, they do. Right. And, like, and I don't no need them to have, like, characters interweaving like this one does, but just something to say, like, that movie mattered for the MCU as a whole. Mm-hmm. If they're going to do this whole MCU thing, which at this point they clearly are because we're in quote-unquote phase two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Like, especially I feel fair. like Iron Man 3. Like, that one more so than Thor because at least Thor, it's like, well, this is mostly happening on another off-world as they say. Um, but, like, I remember watching Guardians and being like, what the fuck is happening? Like, this has nothing to do with anything. And then that obviously has, like, a huge impact moving forward with Thanos and everything. But, like, you don't necessarily know that, in, or at least, like, the layman doesn't know that going into Guardians. Right. But Maybe it was just kind of... I don't, you can get into, like, this whole discussion of, like, whether the individual movies need to have like that ongoing effect, or if it's just like, we're telling a side story here and we'll get back to the big, like overarching plot later. But this was on clearly a different page from these two. Well, that's why this feels like a sequel to Avengers because it is clearly still in the same world that everyone else is occupying. Right. Yeah. And then so did civil war for different reasons, but that was because it had 90% of the Avengers in it. Civil War is Avengers two and a half. Yeah. Or really Avengers three. Yeah. And then there's Infinity War after that. Yeah, definitely. I know that you didn't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You watched a bit of it when I was watching it. But this also had a huge crossover with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's really the only movie that impacted it as much just because like the nature of what S.H.I.E.L.D. (laughs) is, that's such an important plot point. And that's usually what people consider to be the time when that show actually gets good. I'm sure some people would say that the first season before that is good too. I don't really agree with that. It's a little, it meanders because I think they knew what was going to happen in this movie and they wrote around it and it's really compelling and watching it. I would assume that like watching it back to back or at least like maybe for the people out there that watched it in real time before this movie came out, it must've been really cool and exciting to see how they handled it. And they never, they didn't do it before and they never really did it again because they drifted apart even more than they already were. But that just like the whole fall of shield thing is really cool. And I also think that kind of helps center shield. Yeah. But like the fall of shield also gets like kind of put by the wayside. It's barely mentioned because shield is not really a relevant organization in the movies after the first Avengers. And Nick Fury is kind of doing his own thing now. Um, I mean, a bit in Avengers 2, and then after that, it's like, it may as well have not even existed. Like, rematerializes as, like, general government agency. Right. And, of course, now we have S.W.O.R.D., but still really cool. Um, But getting into it, we did a lot of pre-setting up the world chat, but... um, I kept thinking during this movie, like, and of course it makes sense, but just how much Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV show um, really 
use this as a jumping off point in a really wonderful way that I wasn't really appreciating at the time that we watched um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, just like how much they really like leaned on this movie as inspiration, I feel like. Yeah, like this being a direct sequel to Avengers. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a sequel to this. I mean, not really. But like, I'm just trying to agree <laughs> with you because that's what a lot of people use. It's like they brought back these themes and these yeah. characters that we hadn't seen since this movie and like fleshed them out. Like seeing Sharon, I know we saw Sharon in Civil War, but and Batrock and like all this and like even like the the face technology that Black Widow uses shows up again. It's it's cool to see how they built on the base that this provided. For sure. And it was a really strong base. They probably should have done better with it giving how this is like I don't know. I always am like, oh, this is probably a lot of people's favorite movies. I'm just, like, assuming. I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. But this is one of my top five MCU movies. I still think that probably stands for a lot of people just because of... Stans? Oh, my God. Stan, are you listening? Do you hear how much we love you on this pod? I hope so. But, yeah, it's just... I don't really buy the whole, like, it's not really a superhero movie. It's a political thriller, which is, like, what the Russo said. People say that? That's what the Russo said. It's a 70s political thriller masquerading as a superhero movie. Russo's. You know what you got hired. People started aping that, and they're like, well, it's not really a superhero movie. So, which, it's like, no, it's a superhero movie. I get it. The inspiration. You say the same thing about Iron Man. Right. Like, the inspiration is there. I get it. Like, that's part of the reason why they cast Robert Redford is because he was in a lot of those movies. But, like, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. This is a Captain America movie. It's a Marvel movie. Maybe shot in the style of... Right. And, like, the themes. It's, like, the the paranoia and, like, government, like, secrets and stuff. But, like, someone... There's another... Are we in a John Grisham film? Exactly. That's what they want to... That's what they want to say, I think. There was another movie that people were trying to make that argument for, and it was, like, even more egregious they were trying to call it like it was like trying to call like ant-man a heist movie or something which it like i could see they do a heist but it's not a heist movie i just feel like there's a difference but for me this one is very much clear cut like come on yeah um well, just like kind of going i'm i have a couple of notes here and there about like the comparisons to the TV show. Um, one like really small thing, and it happens in the beginning after the you know the classic bit mm-hmm. on your left, um, which I just love how that comes back. Um, but he says something to him about like your bed's too soft, isn't it? And that show starts out with Bucky sleeping on the floor, and I just feel like that is a very subtle callback to him also like not obviously acclimating and like that was one of the signs that sam knew right away was like you're not used to being at home yeah thing man those callbacks i mean i, I could be reading too much into it but i felt like that was I don't think so supposed to be a direct thing man i just can't believe that like the do you, there's no way that like if you talk to the writers of this movie who also wrote thor 2 guys um like, hey, this on your left thing is going to come back in five years and it's going to be like fucking crazy. 
the implications of someone saying on your left. I mean, everyone loves Sam. Of course. But I think this, you know, just the Does thought of them. Does he not say it ever again, like in Civil War or anything? I don't think so. I don't know. Could be wrong. We'll Gotta watch him again. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's great. It's iconic. It is iconic. I just, I love it. It's such a great introduction to Sam. And speaking of, like, themes, like, the theme I put on the top of my paper for this. I gotta start doing this. (laughs) It's so one-sided. I don't even do it intentionally. I'm just, like, I just picked up on it right away. Random themes. Um, And that what you're saying, like, that it, that um, the TV show picked up on it as well is, like, this is a movie about friendship. It really is. Like, I mean that both sincerely and a little bit jokingly, but mostly sincerely. Like, it is... Between Steve and Sam and then also between Steve and Nat. Yeah, and Bucks, obviously. Um, and then we get introduced to Sharon. Yeah. So, like... And and this whole thing about, like, trust and, like, Fury... Because Fury says, like, I don't know if I have any friends. And, like, I don't know, it just... It, again, it's, like, kind of subtle, but it's, like, once you're looking out for it, it's, like, so clear how important yeah. that is. Yeah, and Cap's, like, are we friends? Like, yeah, is that who we are? Yeah, yeah. So true. So I know that's kind of corny, but... It can be corny and it can be true. So I'm about to do this math when we were watching the movie. I'm sure Sam is exaggerating, but he says, you just ran like 13 miles in 30 minutes. And I wanted to uh, figure out what Cap's pace is on what seems to be a casual jog around the reflecting pool. Also, it seemed way longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> Unless Sam was just going around one time. Uh, yeah, I also meant to look up how long a run around the reflecting pool takes because it seems or like... Or how many miles long that is. Um, so yeah, I searched this. And the first thing we get is a Quora. It's always Quora. Just people asking random bullshit questions. You got to love it. Um, they asked if it's possible to run 13 miles in 30 minutes like Captain America did. And they said yes, because that would mean you're running at 26 miles per hour. And Usain Bolt, doing a 100-meter sprint, of course, set the record at 27.8 miles per hour. He's incredible. So keeping up that pace for... For 13 miles. It makes me just... There is that guy who somewhat recently ran a marathon in under two hours. So that's the kind of shit that we're dealing with. And that, that guy doesn't even have the super soldier serum. Neither does Usain Bolt. That we know of. 1.1 miles around. That is way... Less than I expected. Yeah. Anyway, I think we're getting a little bogged down in the math. Let's (laughs) let's go back to themes. Sure. That's really where my... uh... I love love a theme. Love a theme. (laughs) That's where my talents lie. The friendship, the trust. um... Actually, that's not really my... I'm on the boat. Yeah. Well, actually, I just wanted to say about the the journal. Really, Really love the journal. I wish we had gotten another callback to it. Uh... Um, my, the best callback is that Bucky now has the journal. Well, duh. Yeah. There you go. But you know, the, uh, 
He gets too busy to be taking notes as we continue in the film. Sure. <laughs> and also, like, his art. Like, we kind of forget that he's a little artiste. Do we know Steve? that? Well, because do you remember in the first Captain America movie, he's drawing himself as, like, a monkey. Oh, yeah. when he's being paraded around the USO tour. And then he has that picture framed on his desk in oh, Civil War. Oh, that's cute. I've never noticed that. Yeah. And his journal varies depending on the country that you're watching this movie in, which I think is a very fun detail that they chose to add because they didn't need to do that. What do you mean like, Captain America is American, so of course he's going to be catching up on the same things. But they have different things written oh. in the journal. So, like, obviously what we see is, like, there's, there's Star Wars. I don't remember what's on it. You know, Buggy, uh, I don't... Sam, I think, always tells him to listen to the same thing, which is the Trouble Man soundtrack, but... So, like, in the UK, instead of I Love Lucy being suggested, they suggest Sherlock. Or instead of Steve Jobs, it's the 1966 World Cup final. <laughs> and that goes on and on for, like, there's, they do it a different one for France and That's Korea. Funny. Yeah, just, just a really fun detail. And imagining Steve actually just, like, all right, I gotta sit down and watch the all the Star Wars movies now. Hey, this guy looks a lot like Nick Fury. But yeah, let's let's go to the Lemurian Star. Well, a, that's a good a name trivia for a question. Yeah. Um, we're introduced to some of these Shield guys. Uh, Rumlow, what a what a great side character. That's the one that we hate. Yeah. Yes, he is. The bald guy with glasses. Uh, oh, no. no. We hate all these guys. No, no I kind of like Rumla. Rumla was the one that fights Sam at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes back as no, crossbones. I mean, he's horrible, but like I like him Yeah, he's, he's a likable guy. Sit well. That's yeah. the other guy. He is not a likable guy. No, he's the worst. He sucks. And he showed up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before he was in this movie, which I thought was cool. He like shows up for a bit and is doing his thing, and then he's like, I got to go. I'm, I got to go to the ship, the Lemurian Star. And then they're like, watch Captain America, the Winter Soldier to find out what, what happens next. What I think oh, it's, just, wow. it's just so fun. See, I feel like the Russos love a connection. They like the world to mm-hmm. be one. So I could see them being like cool with telling the show, like this is what's happening. Yeah. And yeah. that was like the first season, right? So they it were was. trying to build some hype up. I think there it. was a coordinated effort and then it fell apart after that, which is a shame. It's but. just like too hard at that point, I feel like, to try and. Nick Fury was in it too, which is crazy. I just, I don't know how they pulled that off, but anyway. Yeah, this is such a good scene. I mean, from him jumping out of the plane without a parachute and that guy being like, was he wearing a parachute? Um, And I just like, I know I already talked about how this movie reestablishes Cap's character, but this fight scene really, like, because he didn't get to do a lot of, you know, he's fighting aliens and the Avengers along with everybody else. Um, but this is just like, oh, yeah, this dude is a combat trained super soldier. And he's not just like a walking old man. Like, we're going to show you how fucking good this guy is at fighting. Yeah. And how, just how strong he is. We've been tagging him up. We've obviously been covering the Batman movies. I don't know if you all have been listening to those, but we've been talking a lot about the the fighting style. And it's... It, it upped its 
the fighting style has upped a level from what we were watching in the Batman movies, for sure. Yeah. I don't think fight choreography is Christopher Nolan's priority in those movies, which is fine. But the fighting in this movie, even though I think it, the cuts are a bit much, I, I could use with some steadier fight scene editing, but it's so fun to watch the fighting in this movie. Well, that was kind of my note, because I was like, did Chris Evans do his own stunts? And I was I, like, I don't think so, which no. would explain probably why there's so many cuts, too, because they're trying not to show his face. I get that, but also, like, with the half the face covered, it's... They could they could have done it, I think. With these fans? I mean, look, I'm not holding them to the same level of quality, but in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they had Sam exercising in his yard using a stunt double that didn't look anything like him. And they showed his face multiple times. Um, no, I think it's just, I think it's a directorial thing more than anything. Just the, the fast paced style. And it, it works for some scenes better than others. And like this thing on the boat in the beginning, it's not that fast. Like I like how they, they have like these really wide shots and like, like kind of like crane shots from above showing him like running around on the deck of the boat. It feels like a video game. We are, of course, replaying the Spider-Man video game because what else do you do? Um, and it does remind me because he like kind of slides under people sometimes and Spider-Man does that a lot. And I feel like he's in his own video game. The old circle yeah. square, you know, when they're blocking you, you got yeah. to slide between the legs. Um, I also think there's a deleted scene with a deleted line. What's that? It's Captain America going, I'm the captain of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't see how pleased Molly looks with her. Mostly because right you were like so upset that I thought that they, like you were like, wait, what? There's a deleted scene. I was like, I don't remember seeing any deleted scenes from this. I'm the captain oh of the ship now. God. A classic. Yeah, who could forget? Crossover. I forgot Tom captain. Hanks was in this movie. They cut him out. They they hired him for one scene. Well, he's not the one that says that line. The other guy, then. I forget his name. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boys will be boys. Yeah, he throws a knife through a guy's hand. How about that? That's some violent shit. He won't curse, but he will give that guy nerve damage in his palm for the rest of his life. Well. That guy must have been so confused. I guess they didn't know that Nick Fury hired them. Because they would have asked a lot of questions. Uh, but if he did, he would be like, what is happening? <laughs> Wait, someone is, someone has betrayed me. I don't think it's Captain America. But then again, he just stabbed me through the hand. I mean, I don't know if these are like stellar people to begin with. I don't think so. Um, I also like didn't really fully appreciate in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the TV show, that like the first bad guy in that is the same first bad guy in this. Yeah. The French guy. Like, I knew he was in this, but I never was like, oh my gosh, it's exactly, like, beat for beat almost. I mean, obviously not beat for beat. It's like a different scenario, but, like, just, like... He's back. Like, yeah. The show being introduction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great connection. Like, again, like, not hitting you over the head with it. Right. It's like, hey... Just rewatch Civil War before you watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Or Winter Soldier before. Yeah, I'm going to get these mixed up a lot, so buckle up. Understandable. 
Yeah, I like I like Batrock. He's a cool guy. And I think he's doing his own fighting because he's an MMA fighter, the actor that plays him. Um, I'll miss him. Because he got capped by Sharon Carter. Rip. Oh, right. Also, Natasha is, like, such a badass in this movie. Like, her fighting is really cool, too. She, like, puts a rope around that guy's neck and then uses his neck to rappel down the ship. <laughs> And she's just, like, straight up shooting people. Yeah, she doesn't they, have a rule. They kill a lot of people on this boat. Yeah. Like, Cap definitely kills some guys. I don't know if he has a rule, but she definitely does. Yeah. Um, I don't think S.H.I.E.L.D. has a rule. Sorry, like I said, we've been watching a lot of Batman. Um, yeah, it reminds me of her style in the second Iron Man. Yeah. Kind of going back to that. Same style, but her character is much better than it was in that movie. Yeah. Um, Roger's character is, like, really consistent. Again, talking about themes, like... I guess I'm already at the part where he's talking to Fury. I kind of jump ahead there, too. Um, when he says, like, talking about this, like, fighting for freedom, like, what that means in this whole conversation about... Actually, we were just talking about this at the Dark Knight, like... What freedoms are you willing to give up in order for, like, personal safety versus, like, the safety of the world? And, like, this is very much on the other side of it in terms of, like, Cap's argument. Yeah, this is more catastrophic than yeah. um, using people's cell phones This one I feel really strongly on <laughs> Cap's side. But, like, this idea about, like, I'm, I'm happy to fight a war if it means that people are going to be free. Like, I'm not happy to prevent a war yeah. because people won't be free. And like, this what's just, the like, point? And this sets such a strong foundation. Like, well, the foundation was already there. But then, like, in Age of Ultron, he has the line where he's like, um, every time that someone tries to stop a war before it starts, innocent people die. Like, every time. Which is exactly what was going to happen here. And that just goes on to, like, Civil War. He, like, believes the same thing. Like, we can't, like, these precautionary measures cost too much. Even though, like, if we don't take them, it might result in some people dying or you know, some awful event happening, but it's not worth what we're giving up. And he, like, never backs down from that. Yeah, he is such a consistent character. Like, it's, I think, supposed to be surprising that he's the one that's not following, like, the government. But if you think about, like, what his values are, those never change, which I think is obviously the point. He never, like, went along with the government. So I don't know how people got to that point. Like... Even in the first movie, he didn't. Well, do you think, like, I'm mischaracterizing that? No, definitely. Absolutely not. Because, like, in the first movie, people did say that. No, I I mean, like, mischaracterizing that people were surprised. No, I don't think so. Because I I feel like, you know, if you're not (laughs) following all these movies and remembering it, it's like, oh, well, why wouldn't Captain America support America? But it's like, no. When Tommy Lee Jones told him to not go get those guys out of the base, he didn't listen. He did it. As soon as he comes back in Avengers, he's like, yo, what? Fury, like, why are you building weapons of mass destruction? Like, I'm not going to work with you if you keep doing this. And, like, really presses him on it when no one else was. No, I, I think that's Cap's character. And I do think people were expecting it to be the other way around. But And, I mean, it makes sense then to why Sam is following in his footsteps. Like, and why he's taking so much sympathy with Carly. Because, like, she's trying to live in a free world and it doesn't feel free. Right. I mean, obviously there's, like, flaws with that whole plot stuff, but... That's what the heart of it was supposed to be anyway. Also, like, he says this line about, 
to Fury about, like, you can't hold people at gunpoint. And it, obviously, I feel like just goes back to, like, don't be a Nazi. You know what I mean? Pretty much. I'm still a 40s boy at heart. <laughs> also, like, we get this line that is now infamous with Fury being, like, last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. A so, lie. you know, we got five years of people being like, what could this mean? Are we ever going to see this story? Does it have to do with Black Widow? So on and so forth. Oh, I thought it was like implied that it had to do with Robert Redford and like that story of him saving. Oh, no. See, when I, never... I first saw this movie, I thought it was like supposed to be referencing something from their past because they were talking about it so much. Interesting. Well, that would have been cool. But as we know now, it was a... It's a kitty cat. Or a flurkin, as the scrolls would say. That's not a cat. <laughs> that scratched his eye, and then it got infected. Um, a great running bit in that movie. Absolutely, and you know it really upset some people. Oh, because they wanted a, a better story. And, yeah, and because Captain Marvel feelings, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it had just been like the subject of so many fan theories that people were disappointed. Yeah. But I think it's better. I get that. But I also subscribe to the theory that Fury just likes to make up this right. legend for himself. Like when I the like Fury is obviously like he's this shadowy figure, but at the end of the day, he's just like some guy that works for Shield. So right. him making up like some badass story that people will like spread around his rumors totally tracks. Oh yeah, it's like him using like the whole Phil had the cards in his pocket. Yeah. But he's the one that like splattered ketchup on them or whatever. Um I think it totally I think it this makes more sense for his character than like an actual story of him losing his eye. Definitely. Because he wouldn't totally tell the, right. he wouldn't tell the truth about it. Right. Which I, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It it kind of goes back to a lot of different things we've talked about, but like this, you know, theory about like pirates and it's like, oh well it's not really like it's just, you know, yeah, whatever. I, I'm not, I didn't explain that very well, but it, we get it. It's fun. And it was one of the funny things. What that whole plot line with the cat was great in Captain Marvel. Oh, I yeah. do agree that it's not the best film, but no, but still fun. Also, we get this moment where they take the elevator down to Project Insight because Fury is like, okay, like you want to be in on it. Like, let me let you be in on it. And he tells this story that I really like, his anecdote about his grandpa, who's mm -hmm. an elevator worker. And uh, as the as the years went on, the neighborhood that he worked in got rougher. And he started to carry a pistol in his bag that he kept his, his like, lunch and his money in. Uh, and apparently, Samuel L. Jackson's grandfather was an elevator operator. That is fun. Yeah. I'm starting to weave in the fun facts into my notes. I like that. That's noticed. a great job. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't look enough into it to know the order in which <laughs> that occurred because that would be one hell of a coincidence. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah. And then we get the line, the more somewhat famous line of, um, my grandfather loved people, just didn't trust them, which makes sense for, for Sam's character. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. For I was saying Samuel L. Jackson, but I meant Fury. Can't say that in this movie. <laughs> no. So we have a scene where Steve goes to visit the museum, which I assume is like one of the many Smithsonian museums around the mall. I don't know which one it would be at. I guess just the... History? Yeah. Um, 
and it's it's like a sweet scene. We get more callbacks to like these monuments to these war heroes in Falcon and the Winter Soldier with Isaiah Bradley, of course. But I thought this was a really cool way of like reminding reminding the audience. Oh, this is Bucky. This right. is who Bucky is, and it's subtle. It's like I mean, people already kind of know, right. but like and like this but is for the ones that don't. Right, they remind you who Bucky is, and they're like, "This is Hydra. Here's what Hydra was, and then they fell apart." Like, get it? Like, keep this in mind. You'll you'll yeah. need to know in about forty minutes or something. Also, we get Steve's first attempt at doing a disguise with a baseball cap. Not his best. <laughs> But that is what everyone in the MCU does, is a baseball hat and sunglasses occasionally. Yeah. It works well enough, I guess. That and then, kid knew. Oh, the kid definitely knew. The and that's, always knew. that's one of the uh, Russos. It's a relative of the Russos. I don't think it's a son. It's like a nephew or something. But they love putting these little cameos in for themselves and others, I guess. Why wouldn't you? I know. And then I also have uh, a note on the scene with Peggy. Did you have anything about that? Because that was, you know, that's that's a rough scene. Yeah. Because they, they kind of, like, answer that question, like, oh, well, what about Peggy? And then, you know, we, we see that picture of Peggy later, and Steve doesn't want to talk about it. It's just, it's just sad. Yeah, because when we first see her, she's, like, really with it. She's, like, giving him great advice, and it's, like, really sweet. And then, like, a couple minutes later, she forgets, and, like, that's really sad. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough for her. It's rough for Steve. Like, We also get an interview of her at some point. Yeah. A little it, bit older. Well, it's at the museum. Right. It's before yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because she says that she like Mary. marries somebody else. Which that was rough to hear. Right. Yeah, if it was rough for us, I'm sure it was even more rough for Steve. And uh, she has that line where she's like, I don't remember the whole quote, but it's like the world has changed. And sometimes, like, the best we can do is to start over. Yeah. Which she's talking about, like, Steve's life. And they used that for the Endgame trailer. And that was such a good trailer. That's, like, one of my favorite movie trailers, which is a weird thing to rank. But when that came out, like, I watched it a lot. And it would give me goosebumps. Highly recommend. It's it's really fun to go back and watch people's reactions to it. Totally off topic. But I thought it was just a nice reuse of it. Especially because we don't... Obviously, we don't see much of Peggy anymore because she next time we see her, she's, she's dead. So, but a very, a very nice scene. The way that they do these like tie-ins to the first one is impressive given the amount of time that has passed <laughs> outside of Steve. Um, I had a line or a note somewhere in here when he goes to the support group with that's, Sam. That's my next note, yeah. Um, and I just had a... I just wanted to float a question. Like, so Sam mentions his wingman, Riley. And I was like, is Riley Sam as Bucky? Is he going to come back in the TV show and be, like, a bad guy? That's, like, one of those things that, like, (laughs) I don't think him coming back as a bad guy is earned unless they had, like, given us a flashback to it happening, I guess. I feel like if they were going to do that, they would do that, a flashback in whatever in the tv show because now it's about sam so like they can spend more time on his history in the military which i think if they do continue with sam i think they should use his military history as like uh to give him his own stories 
apart from Captain America. That would be really cool if they did. It doesn't and, have to be about Riley. It could right. just be, you know. But, like, even, like, short of Riley turning up as, like, or like being alive secretly or something, I think they should have mentioned this in the show. I think that's a missed opportunity to kind of, like... Well, they might not be doing this. It just seems like it's ripe for that. Well, no, I don't even mean that. But, like, oh. people... When the show was airing, people were like, oh, are they going to mention Riley? Just because that's, oh. like, this part of... The small part of Sam's background that we had gotten before the show, and they never really talk about it. Yeah, like... Do you want to see what happened? Like what happened with Riley? Or yeah, like, you even know, when like the uh, the other guy that I'm forgetting his name, the one that everybody Walker. loves. No, oh. the one that we like, the one that gets the wings. Torres. Torres. Yeah, it's like there's there's something there. Like if if he has something, somebody else flying around with the same apparatus. The only other person to do that was Riley. Yeah, or even like him checking on his family. Like, right. You know, this is all him like going back to his roots and maybe like. Yeah. Stopping. Because, like, we do get a lot of Walker and Lamar's family. Right. Like, that whole dynamic. And so that could have been a good juxtaposition. But they were setting so much up with him and Bucky. Like, I understand. But maybe in the movie with Sam. Yeah. We'll oh, see. right. They're doing a movie, not another TV show. I forgot. And um, I know that, like, with regards to that, a lot of people, they never made the parallel in the movie. But. They mention um, when War Machine gets shot down in Civil War, people have made that parallel mm, because yeah. he's up there and like tries to catch him along with Tony, and they both can't do it. So that was rough. Yeah, but fortunately, he didn't. You know, <laughs> I was gonna say uh, Rhodey was able to walk away from it. Rhodey survived. <laughs> he's uh, gonna yeah. be just fine. <laughs> Rhodey's doing. Rhodey's doing great. Next bit I'm at is uh, Fury getting in the car chase. Great scene. Wanna Great see, car. Want to see my lease? Uh, you know, we talked a lot about how there's a lot of Chevy. I think this was the first movie in a partnership with Chevy. Not a great sell for Chevy. No, I guess there's blow up our cars. As long as people see the logo, we don't care. Um, we also get our very first view of the Buckster himself. Oh, this is the Winter Soldier. Oh, my word. <laughs> also, mask game is strong. Yeah. It's so refreshing to see a movie and someone's wearing a mask in a crowded place. <laughs> PPE on point. <laughs> uh, if I walk into a grocery store dressed like the Winter Soldier, I'm getting arrested. Like, guys, no, I'm just trying to be safe. Fury's Chevrolet Suburban. Just can talking it, to it. Can it <laughs> well, yes. Also, it can apparently fly. Bummed we didn't get to see that because... Could have been useful, I feel like. A little bit because Coulson has a car that can fly in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Does it come... Like, does a helicopter thing come out or does it have wings on the side? Do you remember in the first Captain America, they have that, um, like, hovering car that... Vaguely. Um, Stark is, like, showing off oh, and it breaks. Yes, it's kind of yes. like that. The wheels, like, turn to the side and they have... Oh well, that's an amazing underneath. callback. Like they finish what? Yeah, kinda, and it's like an it's like an old school car. It's like a '50s Bel Air or something. And they only fly it once because I don't think they could afford to do it any more than that. But I'm kind of like, does everyone in Shield have a car like this, or is it Fury's custom paranoia model? Like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it makes sense that he would. It definitely just does. even as the director of Shield. Yeah. 
Also, isn't here like the actual DC police terrible at their jobs? They're I, not real police. Yeah, but the actual DC police. I know that this police this chase couldn't have gone on for very long, but like they never passed like a cop and they were like, This isn't on my scanner. Like what the hell is going on? Or maybe they are, but they're just like Hydra. I've kind of wondered that myself. Cause like, you know, the the suburban tells Fury, like, there's no Metro Police shows no units at this yeah. location, but who knows? That's some Fisk shit. It really is. Really good car chase, and it tricked us into thinking it was actually DC, um, which is embarrassing because it was in fact shot in Cleveland. I did like say most it was this maybe movie. Atlanta. Yes, you did. So fair. Um, but they did a very good job of making it feel like DC. So I'll give them that. I do love how, for us, how like local everything is in this movie because we're in Maryland. So yeah, we spent a decent amount of time in DC. And it does, yeah, so it makes it feel like a little bit cooler when you recognize some of the places that they're talking about, at least, because as far as I can tell, outside of the reflecting pool, they don't go anywhere that actually exists in D.C. Not even the mall. I thought the mall was, like, maybe in Virginia or something. Also in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. But still. Um, Is Agent 13 or Sharon... 13 right yeah is she higher is she supposed to be protecting captain america or is she supposed to be spying on captain america because if she's supposed to be protecting him what is happening that he cannot protect himself (laughs) i think it's more surveillance than protection i think they know that he can handle it but i think they're just yeah i think it's just keep an eye on it like He's still kind of an unknown. Because, like, it's it's strange to think about, like, for us, he's an established character. But for people in this universe, he's only been out of the ice for two years. He's been through a lot already. So they're probably a little concerned about his well-being. I think they should have been a little bit more concerned about what's happening under their own roof. Uh, they absolutely should have. Also, b- even before that, when um, Fury <laughs> uses his little... I don't know what to call that thing. Whatever his tool is that he uses to cut through the ground. I'm kind of surprised that the Winter Soldier wouldn't have just followed him in there. How much agency does he have if, if the mission is like, presumably kill Fury? Oh, I think he can do whatever he needs to do. I'm just kind of surprised that he wasn't like, yeah, I'll follow him down there. He couldn't have gotten that far. Maybe he did. Oh, I guess so. We just kind of see him like look at the hole and then stand there. So I feel like the implication is that he gave up and then he just like waits and follows him when he comes out. Maybe he's just too lazy to go underground. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I'm saying like the next time we see him, he's like at the place where Fury is. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Quote unquote dead. I mean, I thought he was dead for real when we first watched this movie. Oh, certainly. I was like, oh, well, I enjoyed seeing Samuel Jackson in this, but okay. I have some cues. If you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah, me too. One... I know I have some cues. Okay. <laughs> um, one, who gives him the Juliet drug, as I will call it, from Romeo and Juliet, obviously. Two. Obviously. Is Robin in on this? Because if not, and by Robin, I mean Maria Hill. Sorry. 
is Maria Hill in on this? Because if not, she's acting, or she is, she's acting her ass off as Maria Hill. I don't think she is. I mean, at some point she's brought in on it. So if he just did it before his surgery... I don't know. This doesn't this doesn't seem like a bulletproof plan. Uh-huh. Uh definitely not bulletproof. I think this is maybe I mean, it's strange for Fury, but not like a meticulously planned out thing, like a last ditch effort, maybe. I mean I mean that more in like the writing of it. Oh. Well, yeah, I think it's a little messy. Um I guess if I had to think about it, I would think that Fury administered it himself. When he was just conscious enough to do so. Maybe he had it in a molar, you know, cyanide capsule style, but not deadly. Um, I don't think Maria Hill was in on it at all. I don't think Fury told anybody what his plan was because he didn't want to risk it getting out. She must have because how does he get out of there? Hmm. No, that's true. But, well, Russo who is playing the doctor is the doctor in their hidey hole. So he must be in on it. He must be the one mm. doing everything yeah, because he's Fury trusts him or maybe he's just Fury's personal doctor. Sure. We all have one, don't we? Totally. Yep, we all have primary care physicians <laughs> that we fill out on all of our forms and ask us if we do. Um, I, I did have one note um, before that. Just one thing when they're in the apartment together, the uh, pretty sure the song that's playing when Sharon is like, oh, I think you left your stereo on. I think 99% sure that that's the song that plays at the end of Endgame when Steve and Peggy are finally dancing again in their house, which I think is nice. That's sweet. Yeah. Next note I have is on the elevator scene. Did um, I jump? Just briefly. Um... What so before he gets in the elevator, he has this convo with Pierce. Yes, and Pierce is like referencing something, and I don't really understand what he's like referencing. Can you give me some more specifics on what he says? Because I, I just remember um, him being like anyone that gets in the way of me trying to figure out who killed my friend is gonna. Okay, so this is the part that I had questions about. When he's saying why he was put in charge of the council. Um, and he says, we knew that despite all the diplomacy and handshaking rhetoric, that to build a really better world sometimes means having to tear the old one down. And that makes enemies. Those people that call you dirty because you got the guts to stick your hands in the mud and try to build something better... And the idea that those people could be happy today makes me really, really angry. Like, I mean, I know, like, we know that he's Hydra, but the the part about him being, like, other people are happy because of the decisions I made makes me really, really angry. Like, is he referencing, like, someone, like, something more specific there? Or it was kind of, like, a lot to wrap my head around when he was saying it. <laughs> in the movie. I wonder if he's saying that like the because Fury is dead, people that were like Fury is like kind of like dirty or like 
what are these like morally gray people like Pierce that they're like, well, thank God there's like one less person like him running shield. I don't know. That's not really how I took it. I mean, that's a stretch. I, I don't, took it I like, don't think he's talking about something specific. I took it that he's like, Fury and I are like of the same blood. Like we're willing to do the dirty work to make the world a better place. Yeah. And the people that criticize us are now happier because of the world we've created. And that makes me angry. Yeah. That, like people benefit from like the de- decisions I made. Despite not liking me. Yeah. I think that's all it is. I don't think he's talking about anything in particular. I think he's just like, well, if they're not, they're not happy like when I have to do it, but then they're happy because I did it. Which I don't think that's true. I don't think people are happy with the decisions you're making. <laughs> well, they don't know what he's really up to, I guess. So we go from that scene to... Or maybe it's kind of a threat to Cap being like, if I have to kill you, people will be angry, but they'll be happier because of this. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think this entire conversation is a not-so-thinly-veiled threat at Steve. So you're probably not far off base. Because immediately after, he sends people to try to kill him. Yeah. He wastes no time because I think Pierce is like using this as an opportunity to like read Steve's stance on the situation and he knows that he's not going to trust Pierce. Right. Like obviously. I don't know if Pierce ever thought that he had a chance of winning Steve over um, but you know he knows that now any chance of that is lost so he's gonna do what he's gotta do and by that it's filling an elevator with 20 people (laughs) one of which is sweating his ass off just thinking about what is going to happen and he is right fully oh yeah sweating his ass off he probably didn't even want to do it he's like can i just be one of those guys outside with the guns that just runs up to the elevator when it stops why did you put me in here i can't fight that one guy was excited about it Oh, he definitely was. I don't know. He looks Russian, but I guess he's American. The guy with, like, the longish hair. Yeah. Yeah. like, slicked back. hmm Yeah. So some people are giving themselves away there. So I appreciate Steve figuring it out. But you know who I don't think is giving himself away is Rumlow. I think he's a really good spy, and he's doing a really good job of playing it cool. Because he's like, oh, what do you think about, like, you know, what should we do about this thing? Like, just kind of making, like... Not small talk, because it's still about, like, business, but, like, kind of idle chat. Yeah. I think it works for Rumlow, because he's just, like, that's just, like, who he is. Like, I don't think he's really ever, like, hidden himself that much. His allegiance is yes, but I think he behaves almost the same way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a little little harder to spot. But, yeah, some of these other guys, not so subtle. But this is an iconic scene. I do feel like it's personal. It definitely is personal. This is, it's just such a, such a good scene, you know, from, from all of like the, the one liner of like, before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Like, okay, Cap, like, we'll I, give you that. I think part of the reason I like Romlo is because he looks like John Barenthal. And so he kind of reminds me of the Punisher. Yeah, he really does. Frank Rillo is cool. I think he mostly is like in B movies, like B action movies, which makes sense. But I was glad that he got to uh, to do this one. Wish we could have had him around for a bit longer, but he had a pretty big impact on the MCU, despite not being around that long. So I'm sure he'd be happy about it. 
and this is something about like the actual scene, but just in general, I think an elevator where you have to say your destination it seems like a, such an inconvenience because it's like, no, I said lobby, lobby, yeah, 11th a... floor. <laughs> no, like I can just imagine. Just give me a button. Just give me a button. I've tried talking to Siri and it doesn't go well. Terrible. Absolutely terrible idea. Yes, I have that written down as a note. I mean, it's very true. Yeah, this is just a really fun fight. Um, seeing, I mean, most of these guys are just scrambling. They didn't have a chance in hell at actually taking Cap down. Oh, Rumbelow did. It's a small space, and there's a lot of them. That's true. But he's he's stronger than those magnets, you know? It was the best they could do. Like, that was the best location they could have picked to try and have a chance. Definitely. So, valiant effort, boys, but you still failed. But, uh, you know, Cap jumping out of the elevator, that could have gone very poorly. He could have overestimated the amount of force that that shield could take before it was like, I can't help you. What you just jumped 40 stories. Oh, I have no suggestions. The, uh, the Did visuals... Did he jump without a parachute? <laughs> the visuals of him opening the elevator door... And everybody running towards him and then closing it again is kind of funny to me because he's just like, nope. Yeah. Not going to deal with that today. I also like that the next few times that we see, like, the people from the elevator, they are, they're hurting. Like, they're out on the street later, I guess, during that chase with Bucky on the bridge. Yeah. And they, like, have visible, like, Oh, yeah. And I was like, good continuity, guys, but also, like, just love it. It's going to take a while to recover from that. My next note is about um, the conversation that Steve and Nat have. And there's this line that Nat says where she's like, I only act like I know everything because Steve's, like, really pressing her. Like, what do you know about this? Like, why aren't you telling me? But she's also lying about that. Right. (laughs) But I... I really just, I like that line just because I, I was going to say it's like the most genuine that we've had this character so far. I don't know if that's actually true or if I just like how her personality is coming off in this movie. I think she's pretty genuine. Yeah. Like, I think she's just like, well, because all this like fury stuff, I think has her like. We you know, get some never... genuineness in Avengers, especially with Bart Barton. She's like. Yeah. That's true. Like, when he comes to, like, that's pretty. Yeah. I I guess it's more just, like, it's that, and I really like her and Steve's friendship. I do, too. In this movie. Again, it all comes back to friendship. It really does. And I, for one, was, like, happy when they didn't make them, like, a couple. Yeah, because they flirted with it. Right. Obviously, with the kiss. Which is, like, that's, like, fun and all. But, like, but, like, no. Absolutely not. And like the the scene that I'm talking about, Steve like slams Nat into the wall and they are very close physically. The outtakes of that are very funny because they cannot stop laughing. Yeah, I was like, oh, that kiss though. At the mall. LOL indeed. I mean, it's a good plan. You know, the PDA making people uncomfortable. Ramla was like, I don't want to see that shit. Yeah, and that she would know that and use it is like very... Why did I just call him Romlo? Rob Lowe. Um, but yeah, I'm like at uh, Zola. Yeah. Um, I always forget that when we go to Camp Lehigh, we get like this little flashback 
yeah. of him getting the flag, which I really like. It's just these tie-ins really get me. I mean, I think Cap is my not. I think Cap is my favorite MCU character, and I think this is like the best example of him in the series. So I, I love all this stuff that we're getting. What are your thoughts on Zola and this whole like computer with a brain thing? Hmm. I think it's corny. Yeah. But I like it anyway. Because if anybody would, you know, it doesn't sound like it was his choice, but the whole, like, one, the whole thing about, like, Operation Paperclip is a fascinating piece of history to me. Because that also, like, ties very much into S.H.I.E.L.D., like, doing, like, this dirty work. And that's, like, a real-world thing. Like, these Nazi scientists were hired despite their former allegiances. Like, they were brought to the U.S., and they were being used because they knew that they had these... They were, they were skilled. Um, but it's, like, this is what could happen when you're, like, willing to put, like, kind of in a way, like, your trust in these people. Like, oh, well, you just thought they were Nazis, but they were actually Hydra. It's, like, how... Would you still have hired these people if you knew they were Hydra? Like, Honestly, what's made the a difference? difference? Yeah. I mean, they tried to make it different in the first Captain America movie, which I thought was kind of strange by having Red Skull be like, we're not, we're not Nazis anymore. Like, we're our own thing. Yeah, but it's like worse. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they were trying to like make it some like weird thing where he's like not allied with the Nazis anymore, but they are. They're all Nazis. I think it was basically like, we don't really care about Hitler's mission because we have our own. Yeah, but that's But they're still so more than willing to go along with it. <laughs> Definitely. I think the whole setup of having Zola at, like hidden in this base, but it's like super old school analog technology and Cap tries to punch the screen. He just shows up on another screen. It's it's cool. And, and bringing, bringing a character back, like we preserved their brain and they're still alive is like kind Very of comic-y. it's inherently comic-y you're not gonna find that in a crime thriller no definitely not <laughs> but doing it like this with the old school technology and stuff i thought made it a little bit cooler yeah i'm like willing to go along with it but it definitely was the part that fell the most flat for me yeah and it was like i get it we're bringing back something from the first one like we all know who zola is but did we need that? Right. This also had, like, the revelation, which at the time I didn't catch at all, that Hydra was involved in the death of Stark's parents. Um, and I'd, like, forgotten about that. So in Civil War, when Tony's pressing Steve on it, it was like, did you know that he killed my parents? And he's like, I didn't know it was him. And then he eventually relents and was like, yeah, I knew. I was like, wait, what? And people are like, oh, yeah, it's from this. Because they're looking at all these Hydra files talking about Zola's like, we had to change history when it wasn't going our way. And that was one of the times that they did it. Yeah, but did he know that it was Bucky? I think he put the pieces together because he talked about, like, we see pictures or like that one picture of, of Bucky. No, of Bucky in that scene. They're, like, they're talking about, like, how they never mentioned him or even, like, Winter Soldier by name, but, like, that's the tool that they were using for these assassinations. I think it's implied that like he killed JFK even. So, but like that went completely over my head. Well, I feel like 
Zola and Project Insight combined is basically like the metaverse, which is what we're dealing with in IRL. Not great. Not great at all. Like it can target people. It knows everything about you. It's a formula that can basically build an entire profile on you. Doesn't yet have the capability of shooting guns at you, but I feel like we're close. Someone will build a metagun. I'm just saying. Also, this feels like the pre-Thanos plot because it's like we're going to kill over a million people in one go. It also feels like an X-Men plot where (laughs) it's like this huge like life-threatening situation is about to happen and they stop it in this. And it's like, avoided another mass casualty. Close call. But you know, if they had... If Operation or Project Insight had gone ahead, then how long would we have delayed the celestial Tiamat from emerging from the Earth? Oh, <laughs> an Eternals reference. Hmm. I, it took me a second. <laughs> yeah, they would have been really upset. They'd have to stay on this world a lot longer. Because they did say in that that Thanos delayed everything significantly. So, I mean, a million people, that's nothing. Probably would have been a problem. I have a quick note here about how nice Pierce's house is. Probably a little less nice after he killed his maid. Um, yeah, it is really nice, but um, really unfortunate for... What's her name? My man drank the world's smallest glass of milk. Yeah, he And then killed his maid. A glass of milk and doesn't pour it all the way up. Has one sip. I'm like, why... Why did we even do that? Grown man drinking milk. Yeah, that can't be good. Bucky's judging him. Bucky's like, you didn't even offer me anything. (laughs) And uh, we also get this little scene with uh, Senator Stern, who's played by Gary Shandling. May he rest in peace. Uh, And he was first seen in Iron Man 2, so this is a fun little throwback. When I first saw this movie, I didn't see Iron Man 2. He is absolutely the worst. Everything he does in that scene is the worst. He's talking about his uh, constituent yeah. who's hurting his back. And he's like, I don't listen for that long. Oh, my God. Of course, Sitwell's just too happy to hear it. A little shit. Um, but I think he was just like a... Stern's an entertaining character. And he, he got what was coming to him in Iron Man 2, even though he kept his job. Um, having to award Tony after everything that he put him through. And so then they um, take him to the roof and we get to see some wings. Yeah, some Falcon action, finally. We've been hinting at it all movie. I know we like, we just, we skipped over the whole thing where they meet up with Sam. I guess neither of us had notes on that. Yeah. But that was, that was fun too. It's just like, Sam's a bro, you know, he was ready. He was ready to go. He didn't even need it. He was like, I don't need any context. You're here asking me for help. Yes, I will help you um, interrogate this high up S.H.I.E.L.D. executive. No questions. No further questions. All good. It's about trust and it's about friendship. How many more times do you have to say it? Well, you didn't write it on your piece of paper. I don't have a piece of paper. Well, I would start there. (laughs) Um, But in this scene... He mentions a new name. 
And who Stephen is that? Stephen Strange. Strange. Oh, my God. As a potential threat. And I'm just sitting there like, who's that? Yeah. Two plus years before his movie comes out. What a strange name. Huh. Well, you what? You hadn't seen Spider-Man 2? Remember, because J. Jonah Jameson mentions him. Yeah. I mean, I had, but I hadn't put it together, sure. you know. Um, did the fanboys go crazy oh, here? Oh, absolutely. They're oh, my God. Because I... Don't even, maybe shortly after this movie is when the slate was announced from, they did like an event where they showed, the first thing they showed was a clip from Age of Ultron because that was already announced. Ant-Man, I think, had been announced, but they announced everything after that through Endgame, which was at the time Infinity War Part 2. Sure. And Inhumans, which was removed from the slate. Yikes. Um. <laughs> but people knew Doctor Strange was coming, so this was very exciting. But it begs the question of, what the hell was Doctor Strange doing as a surgeon to warrant this? Like, was their technology that good? I feel like you missed the point of the technology. It's a preventative thing. That's the whole thing is like, when they say, what is this formula? The formula is being able to identify people that will one day become a threat before they actually are. I know it's like a pre-crime thing. It just seems like Doctor Strange's circumstances are so strange and extreme that it's not like, oh, this person is going to like become a problem. At this point in the universe, he's just a surgeon. So him getting in a car accident doesn't seem like something that Project Insight can accurately predict. Him getting in a car accident and then going... Like, to a far-off land and learning how to use magic? If this is the kind of future-sensing technology that we have, Hydra was wasting it on Project Insight because they could tell the future. I mean, I think that is... It's implying that it's that good. But also, like, he could be a potential threat for, like, a lot of reasons because he's such a good surgeon. He could end up saving, you know, so-and-so's life or whatever. Um, The other thing is... The Doctor Strange movie, the timeline is suspect because him having that accident takes place like two years before he becomes Doctor Strange. Yeah. Like the superhero cape wearing guy. So he could be having his accident right now. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it makes what you're saying like makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that's the whole point is that like a normal person would be like, why is this guy being targeted? He's like a great person, like not understanding why they are targeted. It's also targeting millions of people. So it could be innocuous reasons right. why Hydra sees them as a threat. Personally, I wonder who the high school valedictorian in Iowa City is that Sitwell references. I'm assuming this is a comic character, uh, but we have not met any high school valedictorians in Iowa City in the MCU yet. It's um, a DC crossover. It's The Flash. Who'd have thunk? I think a lot of people have theories, but just a fun little shout out, whichever way it goes. Clark Kent. Oh my God. Iowa? No. I don't think he's from a real state. Okay. Now I'm at the highway, the highway robbery. Yeah. Which I forgot that that guy dies here. So, well, yeah. Yeah. Unceremoniously. Yeah. Like no. Mowed down by an 18 wheeler. 
Bucky's um, just doing his job. No you know, fanfare. I really like that they decorated his arm <laughs> and put a little star on it because he's a star. <laughs> Is anyone else happy to see that? <laughs> That's what they, they give him a, a red star after he's done good for the past month. All right, this is just this one employee of the month. <laughs> Employee of the century, you get a red star. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, he uh, he just got murked. He had no chance. Pretty rough. Sit well. Oh, I, mean, I think about Bucky, I was like, I mean, did he? Bucky did not get murked. But Nat does get the jump on him, and I'm so proud of her. She did great. Her plan was really good. Thinking on the fly, using a fake little like audio thing. Yeah, and it, whatever she's throwing, I thought it, I was like, is this supposed to be like a pim particle? But it's not. It's just like a elect. It just looks like one. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a small, disc. Yeah, a disc. I mean, this whole scene is really good. Um, obviously, I think this is a lot of people's standouts besides the elevator scene. Um, you know, from the start, I think you audibly reacted when Steve gets hit with the grenade. And goes flying off the interpass because yeah. he, he blocks it with his shield, but it blows him off the side anyway. Well, yeah, he's also like protecting Sam, but then Sam like doesn't get blasted off. Yeah, he's like fine. He, he was far enough away. I guess <laughs> he's he's chilling. Um, but yeah, this is this is just a great scene all around. I feel like this movie is shot really tight. Like all of the fight scenes are like pretty close up. Like it's a lot of hand to hand. Like they're not going too wide. It's just like it, they keep it keep it close, and it makes sense because, as this is a movie about friendship, it's so intimate that it would make sense that the way it's shot would be intimate. Definitely, yeah, and it, it works really well to be like, even though in this scene they're fighting on a soon to be deserted city street in broad daylight, but it feels very personal. Even though, like, you would think that IRL they would be watched by hundreds of people, police would be on the scene. But it's like, no, it's it's Steve fighting Bucky now, and nothing else matters. And, of course, everybody loves Bucky's knife flip in this scene. Blinking, Can't you miss it. But he just, like, does it. He, like, swings with the knife and then, like, flips it up and stabs with it. Oh, yeah. And people just love that. I mean, it's really cool. <laughs> I love... I love Bucky. But I also love the Winter Soldiers fighting style because Bucky consciously does not do what he did as right. the winter soldier for good reasons, obviously, but you know, we don't see very many people in the MCU fighting like this, which is just like fighting to kill basically. And it's, it's kind of, it's, it's cool. Like his whole thing, like he stabs that van and then right. Steve like drags it through. It's, I'm glad that they're keeping Sebastian Stan and, like, he's going to be in these movies. I just don't want them to keep fucking with him. Like, Yeah, he up, deserves a break. Yeah. Big time. Like, I just want him to be, like, kind of a new version of his character. Yeah. The yeah. White, the White Wolf. He needs that. I hope that um, wherever he shows up next, who knows where that's going to be. They, yeah, they stop dragging him around. You don't think he'll be in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he'll be, he'll get put through the ringer of whatever they're fighting in that movie, but just, like, give the man a break or just kill him. I mean, you can see him in Tommy and Pam in the meantime. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> That's him, right? Yeah, it is. He looks so much like the King of the North. Yeah, yeah, he does. Who's in Eternals. 
Yeah, it's a Madden. Richard it's Madden. Uncanny. Yeah. Who'd have thunk? Like I kind of thought they were the same person. Wouldn't blame you. Um, I can't believe they get caught though. This is embarrassing. Nat never gets caught. Yeah. I blame Cap on that. Uh, definitely. <laughs> he got distracted. He did. I mean, and this is not really. This isn't a real arrest, but it's it's as good as one. And then in Civil War, they get arrested again. It's like, can you not? I mean, it is. If Maria Hill wasn't there, that's they true. were about to shoot them. Yes, but yeah, I just felt like they weren't like cops. I guess, but they were captured. Yeah. But yeah, in Civil War, they get arrested by the authorities. And I'm like, you gotta stop fighting in the middle of streets. <laughs> I mean, it's not like they have a lot of choice in the matter. <laughs> no. Um, but this, I will give credit to our fan uh, acquaintance, Maria Hill. Robin Sparkles. This is her best line and her best movie when she says, Who's this guy? <laughs> I appreciate that. This is her best scene. I'm really happy that she's there. And I would say, overall, this is her best movie. It is. She saves the day. Um, yeah, you know, uh, we're going to see her again soon. You know, she's going to be in Secret Invasion and really hoping that she they does give well her a personality. There. Yeah. Why start now? She'll be hanging out with, um, wow, I just forgot her name. Amelia Clark. Yeah. She'll be hanging out with Amelia Clark. So let's see what, let's see what happens there. Yeah. Maybe she just needs to like work up another female character. Yeah. Man, nothing in this movie makes me hate Pierce more than how he treats Bucky. Also, it was so stupid of them to send Bucky after Cap. Like, what were they thinking? I don't think they were thinking. I think they were like, well, we've wiped his memory, so like this isn't going to be a problem. They should have at least thought, hmm, maybe this is going to trigger something. I think... His best friend. I, I think in true Hydra fashion, they were so confident that their plan was infallible. That they were like, it's not going to happen because it can't happen. It was bold and it was stupid. And I think the the whole thing about there being other Winter Soldiers was retconned in Civil War. So to me at this point, there was no other option. Like, Bucky was Hydra's Well, they didn't go... Tool. They didn't use them. Were they still being trained? Oh, well, Bucky killed them all, didn't he? Well... No. What's his name does... Zemo. But, but I thought they never got... They were like... They are having problems with them, weren't they? They never got taken off ice, I don't think. Well, not totally, because they had that scene where they were like... They had a flashback where they were training them. But I think they were having problems with the other ones because they kept breaking their brainwashing. They would like kill the guards or something. I think Bucky was the only one that didn't. Yeah, like I don't think they really okay. ever so went it was, into the field so, or whatever. Yeah. Well, in any case, it was just Bucky. So I... It's either they were overconfident or they just saw no alternative because clearly if their own guys couldn't get him in an elevator, what chance did they have out in the open? Not much, but... I would say zero. <laughs> I mean, they got captured. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cap, I don't know what 
specific line I was saying this to. It's somewhere when they're in like the cave with um, Fury. And I guess it's about Bucky. But I was like, Cap, also stop being such a sweet boy. Crying emoji. The crying emoji written out. That's serious. I don't know what it was. Well, we had that flashback, which I was yes. thinking about. Was it after that? I think it was that flashback. Yeah. I always forget that that's in this movie. Or, and then I think Sam's like, you can't save him. And he's right. like. He's like, I have to. to or yeah. I have to try. Till the end of the line. He's too sweet. He's too sweet, that boy. Yeah, I remember a while ago I saw like a screenshot of that that flashback scene and I was like, what is this from? <laughs> like it for some reason, maybe it's just like because where it is in the movie, I just completely kind of forget weird, about yeah. it. It when it feels like it would have been in the first cap movie. It absolutely does. My next note, we get a sweet Danny Pudi cameo. I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead because I didn't have any notes about their conversation with Fury. I have one more. Okay. Um, I had a realization about Maria Hill. Do she, tell. <laughs> where are all my West Wing fans? <laughs> They're out there somewhere. Um, she's basically Donna in the West Wing, which if you're not familiar with the West Wing, Donna is Josh Lyman's secretary. And anytime they want to explain a political thing, they have Donna say, What's the three fourths compromise? Or like what's the In her best da-da-da? Jerry Seinfeld impression. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how Donna Donna sounds. But like so they just use Donna as a way to simply explain like what this political thing is. She's, or, the, like, she's the audience insert. Exactly. And I feel like that's what Maria Hill is. Cause she's always the one like, to what's be going like, on? like Well, no, she's not not in that way, but she's always the one to like restate the plan and be like, and very matter of fact, you have to do all three chips. If you don't do all three chips, they're not gonna work. You have to replace all three chips. Like, okay, we get it. He has to replace all three chips. Like And for the record, Molly did say that out loud when we were watching the movie. Yeah. Like it's just kind of like if you're not playing a if you're not following along at home, she's gonna explain it to you. <laughs> Which is partly why she's so annoying, because it's like okay, We get it. Yeah. And it's just like so straightforward because she doesn't She's not given a personality. Like there's no flair. It's just it is. She would be a better character if she like had a sense of humor. Yes. Captain America in general has the worst outfits. <clears throat> I was gonna say I like both of the costumes he wears in this movie. Okay, well. Well, tell me, tell me strokes. why. I can't tell you why. They're just lame. First I mean, of all, they're all fabric. <laughs> Like Aren't they? Well, what? Just no metal fabric. Yeah, they're just like not exciting. Well, look, I at least well, like uh, Black Widow doesn't wear like metal, but like she looks like a badass. Like obviously he's wearing his original one from the first one, which is like a cute throwback. I'm like, this is a lame costume. Okay, no, the I love the World War II one. I love that he wears that. I think it's so fun. That it's like we get this throwback. I mean, I love it in context. And the stealth suit that he wears early in the movie, I love that too. And they bring it back in in Endgame, and I'm like, I love this. <clears throat> and the suit that he wears in Civil War, and then when he shows up again in Infinity War, 
and it has the Avengers logo ripped off and it's all fucked up looking. I love it. I, I think like it, whatever he's wearing in Civil War. I think he's looking hot. They are all super cool except for the Avengers one. All of his other outfits, I am a big fan. I think they're a little lackluster. I like them a lot. I just think that they're very like comic accurate and they translate well to live action, even if they're not like the flashiest thing. I wouldn't say that they're the best hero costume that we have in the MCU by far. And now I'm kind of wondering what I would say. I would is. need to see a lineup. I mean, like Wanda's new outfit is up oh, there. Oh yeah, Wanda's is really great. Um, but like, so is uh, Lady Loki. Yes, Sylvie. but like, all of the costumes that Cap wears is better than what Sam Cap had in the show. The thing looks stupid, and they need to the redesign it for the movie. The one that they were, yeah, at the end. I don't, don't. I don't know. The the it doesn't it, it didn't seem like it fit right. And I I'm think gonna more blame people that. should be wearing black. I guess that's not like a heroic color. That's why they had John Walker wear black. Well, he sucks. He should be in yellow. <laughs> I don't know. That was you like, like yellow. The most <laughs> lackluster color. No, like a pale urine looking. Ew. Yellow. Yeah. Brown. Put him in brown. <laughs> no one wants a brown costume. Brown is is like pretty much the least favorite color. Like nationally, I don't. I can't say worldwide. Nationally, <laughs> like if people were to rank their colors, like brown is in everyone's like bottom. Yeah, it's like least likely to be someone's favorite color. Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, anyway, I like Cap's costumes, and I won't back down. I'm not asking you to. Good, because I won't. Okay. Um, my next note was just on the, the whole thing where. Cap gives his speech, and my my favorite bro, my true bro, refuses to launch Project Insight, despite Rumla pressing a gun to the back of his head. Oh, the guy, yeah. Yeah, I just love it. And, and Sam's like, did you rehearse that? Yes. Nah. Which then Sam gets to do his little speech at the end of Falcon the Winter Soldier. Yes, love a speech. And I think, is there a joke about him rehearsing that? In Falcon Winter Soldier? I forget. I feel like there is, but I don't remember. And this is the most I've talked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in a while. There is one of the things that you saw was this like alternate reality or virtual reality plotline. The simulation. Yeah, the simulation. And there's a character in that that's like a Captain America analog. He goes by the Patriot. And isn't that what's um, in Black Widow? Isn't that his name? He's Red Guardian. Okay, very different, sorry. Um, this guy, Jeffrey Mace, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he's like the acting director of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then in the virtual reality, he is... I think he's still the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., but he's also this guy that's like Captain America. He has the super soldier serum. Um, and they have a moment where they are the Triskelion in that universe, which is like the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters in this movie, is Hydra, and he like hijacks the communications thing there and gives like this big rousing speech about freedom and stuff. Like pro Hydra? No, anti Hydra. Because okay. they're like hijacking it and they've killed all the Hydra people. And it's totally just like an exact callback to this. I just love it. The price of freedom is high. It's a price I'm willing to pay. The only thing I know I feel bad about he's saying that, 
as like a rousing thing, which, you know, is fair. But as he says it, we see like these two guys like barely even lift their guns and just get mowed down. I'm like this guy's accomplished nothing. Like they were guarding the Project Insight helicarriers as those people were walking and they just like got killed. They didn't stop those guys. I guess they tried. Oh, in our movie. Yes, yes, sorry. Yes, yes, yeah, I they, know. They like to unholster their guns and instantly get killed. And I'm like, were they inspired by Cap or were they just going to do this anyway? Because I feel really bad for them. It's rough. Um, this whole plot with Project Insight, I think I kind of said this earlier, but I'll just hit it on the head again, is that it's this is some X-Men bullshit type of plot. Like this is straight up out of uh, X2. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, we're going to... We're going to target Just and kill everyone and all at once. Yeah. Like, come on. Also, we hear, uh, I mean, I'm sure it was in there earlier, but we hear uh, Falcon's theme, which I wish I could remember the, the tune of it right now. It would give us a little hum. But it's a it's a fun theme because I like the score of this movie, and I think they bring it back a lot in the show, of course. Um, but I just it's a nice little motif. And not to mention they have that one that they bring back for the winter soldier throughout this movie, which is really cool. It's just like that, like distorted screeching sound, which I like a lot. Cause it just, it didn't sound good the way you just described it. Well, it doesn't really, it's not like a pleasant sound, but they like show it whenever he pops up on screen, like after black widow gets shot at the highway fight and she turns around and he's there and it like does like a, it's like a jump scare kind of sound, which I just, is cool and honestly that's like that's my last note um i know we're, we're going through like the final fight cap and bucky fighting on the hell carrier and stuff but i didn't i didn't have any actual notes on it my big question is how does cap get his shield back because it flies he drops it it's in the middle of the river and it falls out of the helicarrier and then I thought when Bucky brings him to shore, he was going to have the shield and drop it, but he does not. And I think we're all wondering. Boring answer. I think somebody just finds it because I think they're cleaning shit out of that river for years. And I think they just find it because they cut it from the movie. But in Spider-Man Homecoming, there's a scene where they're when they go to D.C. for the uh, trivia. It's not trivia. What do they call their team? whatever uh <laughs> the thing that they're doing in dc um and mj's like they're still cleaning up the mess from like when captain america crashed all those helicarriers oh yeah which doesn't make any sense because that was like two years after this and you would think that getting all that shit out of the anacostia would be a priority considering that it's taking up a lot of space everyone at the kennedy center is like there's no view anymore. It's just a crash helicarrier. That's the point, though. They're still doing it. Yeah, but I'm assuming like maybe one of those people found Cap Shield, or Cap was like, "Hey, um, <laughs> my shield's in the water. Can someone go find it for me?" And some Shield grunt had to go do it. X Shield grunt. And then my only other thoughts were like at the end, they kind of show like what everyone's doing, moving on. Yeah. From Shield. And two questions. So Sharon's in the CIA, which is that what she's doing when we meet up with her in Civil War? I, yeah, she is. She is in the CIA. Because um, what's his name? Martin Freeman, who's 
she's like with him uh-huh. when they get arrested. He's CIA. So oh, yeah. okay, I do think that that all makes a lot of sense for her character in Falcon the Winter Soldier that she has like legit spy training. Yeah. Um, and then Maria Hill's applying for a job at Stark and has to take a lie detector test. That, you don't think she would just get a job there if she wanted one? That's like nothing. That that was that dumb. means nothing. The next time we see Maria, she's working she's doing with Maria Shield. Hill she's working things. with Fury. So like this is I didn't. This is absolutely that. nothing. <laughs> And then I didn't really take notice about anyone else. I guess that's like, <laughs> the only follow-up from that is that she was at the party at the beginning of Avengers 2 in Stark Tower. Like, Yeah, I hope you had to take a lie detector test to come to the party. She definitely did. It was just so weird. Like, why is she hooked up to a polygraph? <laughs> I, somebody, somebody explain it to me Pepper, the way Maria Hill Pepper would. does not trust her. Yeah, I wouldn't either. She has no personality. See that that that's a good way of doing that kind of character is how they do Pepper because Pepper's like has a sense of humor, but she's still like straightforward. These are like kind of the facts, especially in the first one. She's like the one kind of giving us an, an insight onto what's going on, but she's personable. Pepper, yeah. I mean, Pepper, she's also a romantic interest, so it's a little bit different. Even outside, she just had the advantage of, like, having these connections with these characters. Like, we're introduced to Maria Hill being told that, like, she works for S.H.I.E.L.D., she knows Fury. And then they never feel the need to be like, oh, yeah, like, we don't see her, like, casually talking to any of the Avengers. And Agent Coulson has personality. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I guess they were trying to, like, set her up as, like, different from Coulson but like the truth is we all just want another Coulson which is why everybody loves Jimmy Woo (laughs) I am happy we have Jimmy Woo and that brings us to the end we get a little moment where Bucky goes to the museum you know he's trying to do some self-discovery because I was paying attention to that wait was that in that or was that in Civil War I don't think it's in this because I don't remember that, but I could have been writing a note down. Hold on. Because I didn't have a note on it. That's funny. If I just, like, remember this happening, but it's not in this movie. I know that happens, but I don't think it was in this. Oh, yeah. this is That's the... We didn't... I guess we didn't watch it. Yeah. We didn't go all the way to the end. Oh, my gosh. We're a bunch of scrubs. We also didn't talk about Fury faking his death, but that, not much comes of that either. Right. Um, because he may as well be fully head of shield next time we well not an ultron because he's just like hanging out in hawkeye's barn but after that by infinity war he is fully like a lot's happened since then yeah um yeah well let's talk about this mid credit scene where we see the twins strucker at a yeah a secret hydro lab two which people we, that do not look alike at all no but fraternal twins you know got some sure. leeway um so I did not know who these people were when we saw this movie, but people that did must have been stoked, but also confused because they were like, they can't use mutants. So like, what are we doing? Well, I didn't know Scarlet, which is a mutant. Yeah. I know Quicksilver is. Yeah. They were both mutants originally. And then, you know, we get this whole thing where it's like they have the scepter which they haven't retconned yet because it's still blue. We have no idea that the Mind Stone's in there. And all the stuff that we get in WandaVision about how Wanda was experimented on with, like, they don't show the scepter at all. It's just, like, the Mind Stone floating in a room. 
Um, and of course, they don't talk about Quicksilver at all in that, or at least Aaron Taylor Johnson's Quicksilver. But this was this was really cool. I mean, it had nothing to do with. It was cool how they tied it in with like Hydra has fallen, but like these guys are still doing their thing. And then Age of Ultron opens with them kind of cleaning up this mess. And in Agents of Shield, they also continue that. I thought it was funny in the show. They take the credit for getting rid of Hydra. They're like, that wasn't the last one. There's more of them, and they just blow oh, them up. No. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll give them that. That's fine. sure they can have it. Yeah, and then the post-credit scene, Bucky goes back to the, the museum. That makes sense. And so I, I had two more fun facts that I hadn't mentioned. Actually, three. And one of them we just mentioned, or I just mentioned, Hawkeye. Um, Who? Clint Barton, not... Um, Kate Bishop. Not Kate Bishop. There was a apparently a pretty big possibility of Hawkeye being in this movie. Um, he would have been a side character who would have originally been tasked by S.H.I.E.L.D. to hunt down Captain America and would have chased him through the city and then fought him. Um, like, our Clint Barton from, like, Avengers would have gone against Well, Cap? no, because he would, have, he would have chased him and then, like, fought and then would have lost and then used that as an opportunity to be, like... I did this because they like threatened my family or me or something. But like, I don't like, that. like shields watching. Well, they cut it. I all. don't think he would do that. They cut it all. And then they even cut it like a scene where they were going to like talk about him and his involvement with shield and like how he was like staying away from it all. Oh, so they actually filmed Jeremy Renner. I don't think so. Oh. I think this was all script stuff. Oh, I'm glad they didn't do that. I wouldn't know. I think when, when I heard that, cause I think I heard this a while ago, like soon after the movie came out there, like Hawkeye was going to be it. And I was, I was bummed. Because I was like, I want more Hawkeye. Even even back then, I wanted more Hawkeye. Especially with, like, Nat being so big in it. Like, that wouldn't have made sense. Definitely not. And I think they realized that. So. Um, another thing was when they were casting Sharon Carter, Elizabeth Olsen was considered, which well, is they insane. They kept her name in mind. Which, yeah. But, like, can you even, like... That would have been a waste. A total waste. And I, I mean, I like this actress, but... All the people that they talked about were these high-profile names. Like, I'm not... Yeah, not shitting on Emily Van Camp, but, like, they talked about Anna Kendrick, which would have been... I feel like that would have made sense. That would have taken everybody out of it, though. This is, like, the prime of Pitch Perfect. And um, Alison Brie. Yeah. Which everyone wanted Alison Brie to be She-Hulk. So... Oh, but we're I never gonna see Allison. Tatiana. Yeah, and no one's mad about that, but... And then the only other bit that I have, which this seems like a stretch to me, but maybe not to you, in the IMDb trivia, the same scene where Sitwell is talking about Stephen Strange, he's like, we know everything about you, yada, 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 your, your SAT scores. And that could be a reference to the perfect score, which, which stars several, and I think Scarlett... Scarlett Johansson is in that, too. Do you think it's a reference? I do not. But I love that. Fun idea. I love that somebody suggested that. That's a great film. Yes. That's a great heist movie. (laughs) There you go. Speaking of real heist movies. And so I saw that trivia, and then I also saw another one that was like, neither uh, Steve nor Nat would have taken the SAT, which was just kind of like a fun fact. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's all I got. Awesome. Who... Which squad 
would you send to take down the Winter Soldier? Um, what arsenal are we talking about? Like, what pool of characters do I have to pull from? Any. Like, it could be Fantastic Four, it could be the X-Men, it could be Batman, it could be... Shoot. To take on the Winter Soldier? Uh, Hawkeye. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd send Magneto. You don't need anybody else. Okay. I mean, yes. But if I'm... What would you want to see? Uh, I feel like Magneto and Bucky would just use Bucky as a tool, which would be horrible. Yes, but he would be able to catch him very easily. Yeah. But in terms of what I would actually want to see, uh, Fantastic Four going after him would be pretty fun. And again, with Chris Evans. Yes. Not The new Fantastic Four couldn't do it, but the... 2005 Fantastic Four could pull it off. Obviously, they can do anything. They they killed Doctor Doom with a fucking. They didn't kill uh, him. They incapacitated Doctor Doom with a fire hydrant. So I think they could handle. They could handle Bucky. Yeah, I I believe it. How about you? I was gonna say Fantastic Four. Mm. But if I'm thinking of someone else, the Phantom would die. <laughs> I would want to see some people from, like, the DC universe. I think he would get very annoyed with the Flash. What if Wonder Woman lasso of truthed him? That would be interesting. I think his brain would explode. Ooh, Wonder Woman would be really interesting. That would be a cool fight. Yeah. Great. Great suggestion, Griff. We'll end there. You already kind of said your favorite scene with the elevator, obviously. Um, I like the part on the bridge, especially with Nat getting the jump on, uh, Buckster. on Buck. Yeah. I think that's good. I like their whole like tit for tat thing that they've had an interaction before. Yeah. All that really cool. And like Russian influence on both of them. Yeah. So I think that's cool. Shared trauma. Yeah. And like, I think she really respects him. Yeah. Even in, at in, this a, point. in a weird way, even yeah. if she doesn't know that it's like Bucky Barr, and she's like, he's good at his job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I know what it's like to be an assassin, basically. Yeah. Um. So I like that. Well, I like their friendship. You know what I mean? They have no trust, but they do have friendship. <laughs> um. Yeah. So another long episode, but what did you expect? Another great MCU episode, and we're gonna keep it up because the next one that we're doing for the MCU is Guardians of the Galaxy. So get pumped for that. Put on your tunes, you know? Your awesome mix. All right. We are out out of of the the superverse. superverse.